Okay, welcome to 10. This is Tech Entrepreneurs Nebraska. I am Shauna Dorsey with uh, the Nebraska Tech Collaborative powered by the Exarvin Foundation. Here with Brian Poppy. I work at Mutual of Omaha. We're joined today by Denise Natali. Denise, how are you? Oh, great. Thank you. How are you doing today? We're, I'm Pretty doing good. great. Have I'm speaking for you. I don't know. I didn't yeah. even ask you yet. How are it you? It was a we are doing yeah. great. I'm hey. doing great too. Okay, good. Yeah. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, you want to set us up and then we'll get going. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Denise, I've heard you've got a brother, Bo, Bo, Bo Natelli, which I, I guess if you're an Italian speaker, this is a bad pun because that is Merry Christmas in Italian. Yes. I just learned so that cool. from Denise. I, I'm, I don't speak Italian. <laughs> uh, so Denise is here. Uh, I guess you can tell us where you where you work, okay. and uh, I don't need to give your background. Okay. You, you can do that. You're here. Well, I'm Denise Natale. I'm the market vice president for Cox Business and Rapid Scale, and my role is to lead Nebraska, Iowa, and Idaho because somebody has to go to Sun Valley. Um, but sounds rough. My my role is to help with deployment of technology to all of our business customers. Yeah, how long have you been with uh, Cox? I've been with Cox for almost three years now. Prior to that, I worked in technology both from all the way from startups to large global corporations out of the Boston, Massachusetts area. Okay, this is good because we we focus on Nebraska and it's very fun, at least for me, to see folks. I'm, I'm going to be careful that I don't speak for you. Okay. Uh, the, I, to see folks like come in from the outside and and like, assess as objectively as you can mm -hmm. the like Nebraska tech and entrepreneurial ecosystem. So yeah. I'm curious, like maybe if you could compare and contrast maybe what, what you had seen in the Boston ecosystem and what you've been able to experience the last few years here in Omaha. Yeah, that'd be great. Cause I, I was part of the Boston Inno um, and I was part of several, several groups that were all about deploying through innovation, entrepreneurship um, and helping to fund them. So through like Massachusetts jumpstarts and some other organizations uh, what really attracted me about Omaha, and it's, it's one of the primary reasons why I took the role that I did, because my, my initial impression was, oh, it's a cable company mm -hmm. and, and I couldn't have been more wrong. And that's why I ended up joining the company was because of the level of the portfolio that they have and their, their M&A activity that they had on their roadmap. But what attracted me about Omaha was the whole Silicon Prairie portion of that, where if you're looking at the innovation spaces, both within the West Coast, because I worked in the NO space out of Portland, Oregon as well, um, you know, Omaha has a lot of what those areas had used as attractive mm -hmm. features, yet the opportunities here for growth are really exponential. And so it's one of the, that's one of the reasons why I, I left Cape Cod to come to <laughs> Omaha, Nebraska. That's really outstanding. And with the Nebraska Tech Collaborative, we're really focused on helping more women get into tech and not only get into, but stay in. So can you talk to us a little bit about how you got into tech? So I'm like taking it back, taking the journey back a little bit. All right. To, yes. I, uh, mm -hmm. my, I began my role as a military intelligence officer where my background was in electronics and intelligence collection systems um, across Europe. And it was almost by default, I got chosen to lead the deployment, uh, the evaluation and deployment of all of the uh, secure communication systems. So it, it really digitally transformed the military. And that was that was back a long time ago. I'm not going to say when. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And yeah, just one quick follow up, and then please, we do, we are very interested in everything you have to say. Which is so, it's, so it far. is, it is. Um, so, what has kept you in tech? So, one of the things that we've seen over the last, I would say, five years, so since 2019. So, Nebraska has actually lost ground based on the data that we have um, as far as women in tech go. It's gone from about 35 percent to around 32. So, oh, okay, a lot of different factors at play. But um, what are some of the reasons you stay in tech, like company culture or just your own personal driver? Hey, what is it? You know, there's, mm-hmm. there's a whole lot to it. There's, I, I would say it's really two main things. Number one is technology is the great equalizer. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, for example, I have, I have a customer up in Sun Valley, Idaho. They have access to global markets through the use of technology. Otherwise they would be just a mom and pop small business. Mm-hmm. Um, yet with technology that enables them to really start to drive economic development within their own home community. So I love that. That's one of the things I love about tech. The other thing that I love about tech is that it's so dynamic and it's always changing. You know, I, I look at some of the technologies that I had the opportunity to really start to drive forward. And this was pre-internet for the most part. Um, and, and looking at how far that has come along, it's, it really is something that I see as the growth engine for yes. all businesses. And especially as we're starting to move into a truly digital economy, mm-hmm. it, it's not just what you know about the technology, it's being able to understand how to best leverage that to help really help customers compete and be agile enough in the new economy. Love it. So, so maybe what's the... For folks that are working on building their business, what's like the biggest gap maybe you see between how they're using technology today and how they might be able to better leverage it going forward? I, I, I think there's a lot of understanding or there's a lot of awareness that there's a lot of technology that's out there. So you hear, hey, it's the cloud or they, people understand AWS, they understand Azure and all the rest of that. I think the big barrier to adoption for a lot of customers is really understanding, first of all, how to leverage it and how to get from point A to point B. And especially, you know, as we talked earlier prior to this, um, you know, having the resources and the in-house talent to get you there and the expertise, because as as companies get into some of their migrations to the cloud and as they're taking those workloads and, and looking at how do you best optimize for that, understanding where to put it, how to put it there, and then how to really start to eliminate cloud sprawl, which is it becomes this big, deep hole that you just start spending a lot of money on and and people don't understand how to maximize their investment within the cloud. That's where I see as as a nice sweet spot for a lot of what we're doing is because we have a bench of experts, you know, everything in the Midwest is, you know, I know a guy, mm-hmm. you know, I, I know a person that can help you out. I think where businesses are most challenged is having that bench of expertise that says, let me help partner with this. So it's all about really developing an ecosystem of partnerships rather than selecting a vendor because mm-hmm. vendors sometimes don't understand the full complexity of what they're trying to do. And what I'm seeing now that has been a significant change from where businesses were at before is in the past, they would say, hey, you know, let's tell us what you do and how you do it and what's it going to cost. Now, a lot of customers don't know what they don't know. Mm -hmm. And so the role of a provider and the role of a technology partner really has to be to kind of sherper that through and make sure that they understand the full ramifications of what they're doing and then how to make, make the best use of it. That's so true. It's like we are definitely going from a transactional 
um, kind of relationship more to like, it has to be strategic, long-term engaged and understanding of full understanding of what the customer needs. Um, one of the things we wanted to touch on too, I know you mentioned a few times um, that, you know, there's where things have been, where they're heading, but let's talk about the future of work and some of the trends you see. And yeah. Future of work is a, you know, where the trends that I'm seeing right now is that it's really being a challenge with maintaining currency on skills because, you know, you, you've got, they're accelerating at a rate that is so much faster than what most, most companies can keep up with. And, and especially when you have a limited talent pool, or I think what you're seeing a lot of is really doing the, you know, looking at talent from a force multiplier mm -hmm. and how do you take on those resources for the initiative or the project that you have and then put them back on the shelf because you may not need to fire or to hire a, a full-time employee. Mm -hmm. What you might need is just somebody to get you through a six-month deployment or a six-month project. And then the skill sets that you need might be completely different. Right. And so that's where I see that technology, kind of the future of work is mm -hmm. really drawing from a large, again, an ecosystem and, and pulling that talent pool out. So like, I mean, to use a buzzword, like gig work is what I mean. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking too. Um, so really quickly with the NTC, we've thought about deploying a fractional model. So we have partners that do some of the work that we need to be done, but not, we don't necessarily need to hire a full FTE for that. So anyway, that's, that's really interesting, but then it's also probably a great value proposition for an engineer who has um, a strong skill set, but would like to work on projects for different companies. You know, there's something there. That's very interesting. Yeah, we have, um, we just actually recently acquired a company called LogicWorks and uh, that's what we do. Mm -hmm. We have a full-blown AI ML practice. We have your cloud migration. We do consulting. So there's, there's a lot of opportunities to get that very high level gig type expertise in yeah. market. That is fantastic. Well, Denise, thanks for joining us yeah. today. We, we ran out of time. The 10 minutes go so fast. <laughs> it, it does. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks I everyone. Appreciate it.